0: Have you received the Career Development Resource Newsletter? It is a bi-monthly digital career and organizational development communication tool for both working moms and their organizations. In this newsletter, you will receive resources such as career growth tips, career path guidance, employee and supervisor communication tips, career stories, inspiration and so much more if you've been waiting for the right tool and inspiration and motivation and confidence to get to the next level in your career this is the resource for you make sure you click on the link in the show notes to download your complimentary copy of the career development resource newsletter it comes out every other month so be sure you sign up Hey, Working Mom, I'm Latika, a working mom with four young girls, a career and talent development professional, coach, and author. Ever since I overcame postpartum depression and got back to working my career vision, I have been on a mission to help working moms like you balance life and pursue their career goals or vision. In this podcast, I will share tips and inspiration on working life balance, career growth, career planning, productivity, self-care, and so much more, including our faith and its importance as working moms. View this as your one-stop shop to lead and grow your career and balance it all as we go through life together. So as you are working around the house, on your lunch break, or during your commute, get ready to laugh, talk back to me, and learn something new to be the boss mom you desire. This is the Latika Vine Show. Hey, working moms! Welcome to another episode of the Latika Vine Show. Thanks so much for joining me today. As I say every week, I'm so excited that you are here and. You know, I'm just excited for this season of our lives as we are becoming, as we are becoming women with inner strength and beauty and becoming the women that we are destined to be um, designed by God. So I'm just excited um, that we're going to continue in this season of becoming. Today, I have a special guest with us and I just am so excited for what she's going to um, share with us what she's going to teach with us, um, how vulnerable she's going to be with us as she shares her story of just becoming um, and the continuous story because as I mentioned in previous episodes, this season of becoming is ever evolving. So we're constantly going to be evolving. We're constantly going to be changing. and you know what's so interesting is be- before, I hit the record button for today's episode. I was listening to T.D. Jakes and he said, as we change, as we have birthdays, we will change. We will forever evolve. And I just thought that was so fitting for us in this season because it's true. As things happen in our lives, as we experience things, as birthdays come and go, as Christmas comes and go, things change. And so I'm so excited for our guest who's going to be sharing her um, story, her passion for becoming. So welcome, Spirit. Tell us Thank a little you. bit about you.
1: Hi, my name is Spirit Madden, and I'm from Richmond, Virginia. And I, um, I'm i a people person. I like to talk to people. I like to be around people. Um as my vocation, I've been a substitute teacher for a number of years, um, and before that, I worked at McDonald's for a little while. I um, I'm from Generation X, and so we were the hippie generation, I suppose, um, from 1965 about through like 1976. I think is Generation X, and um, so we came about after the civil rights movement and. Um, as we all know, after the women's movement, which is many, many, many years ago, um, but we sort of had um, social problems were our challenge: um, homelessness, poverty. Um, this is your brain on drugs. You know, don't do, don't do drugs. Um, and then the whole HIV/AIDS epidemic. Um, but we didn't experience a lot. Uh, we were sort of. Um, challenged to do the best we could do. And um, didn't always rely on God so heavily, although I think it's cultural for African-Americans that God is a very important part of our lives. and um, But we were able to, in our generation, sort of do away with that. We were able to be hippies. We were able to make love and peace and not war. We were able to, be interested in other religions, Hindu religion, Buddhism. But anyway, back to my story. Important in our generation was the millennium. And I don't wanna take us back too far because I know that was a long time ago, 2000, around 1999 through 2005. Um, But that was an important time for us and um, a very important time in my life. I, I had completed college And I was working my way, I was making my way into the workforce and um, I had some challenges. I had a few challenges. Um, I was disappointed that I hadn't been married. Um, I suffered from depression a little bit. And um, I sort of strayed away from what I know to be important um, spiritually that grounds us and keeps us safe. Um, And so during the millennium, I sort of was remembering that I was sort of reconnecting to that like oh my gosh God where have you been where have I been actually as it relates to God and um um there was more going on than my little life um during that time you know unfortunately we had 9-11 and that was very um tragic and devastating and the repercussions of that went on and on I think in America for a number of years Um, people were, were in shock and fear and, um, but Americans are, we fight hard and we come back and we build better. And, um, I noticed during the millennium that they, that there was a shift, people started to talk about Buddhism a lot and, um, which I'm familiar with. And also there were a lot about, um, tigers in the marketplace, which is not unusual. We've always had like tiger skins and tiger clothing and stuff like that. But I just noticed it personally. I noticed it because um, it was in literature and it was in films and it was in food and it was in clothing and it made me pay attention. I, you know, it me up, sparked me up a little bit, made me pay attention. And um, so I just noticed that part during the millennium. And um, at the same time as that happened, And the same time as I was having those challenges, reconnecting to God and trying to find my old friends from when I was younger, I had lived with my father, had switched parents and made new friends with my dad, but I was trying to reconnect to my old friends because there was something there that I had forgotten about and missed and needed to remember. And um, so at the same time of all this is going on, I had an interest in the entertainment industry and I went to um, a couple of auditions. One was for Michael Jackson's Heal the Attack on America, um, a music video. And I did not get selected for that, um, and, which is okay, but it devastated me in some way um, that I shouldn't have let devastate me. Um, so after that, I went to another audition for a commercial and I got accepted for that. It was for a Delta King restaurant commercial. And, um, so I started to become interested and, um, at the same time as that was going on, I started to have increasingly difficult situations. Um, I was trying to reconnect to God, but I kept running into, um, overwhelming energy that was hostile to me and um, sort of outside of my nature, something that was bigger than myself, um, which may have been due to 9-11. It may have been due to anything really could be anything. Um, So I started to have difficulty with everything. People weren't calling me for work. Um, People stopped speaking to me. I normally don't speak to a lot of people, but people are usually, social around me like they say hello and how are you and good morning and stuff like that. So I started to write letters to um, organizations about feeling stuck like the American Civil Liberties Union and the Anti-Defamation League. And I just mentioned that I felt stuck and that no one was hiring me and could they help and that didn't receive any favorable responses. So I continue going to auditions. I was living in Montana at the time, and that's a really pretty place. Very nice. Mountains are beautiful. But it's a mountain state. It's isolated. It's close to Canada. And um, there's not a lot of industry there. But um, I went to several auditions, and I received a couple of yeses, a couple of noes. Um, I went to a soul retrieval service while I was there, you know, to retrieve your soul, fragments of your soul. Um, I wanted to mention to women and girls also, um, you know, if you've made mistakes or if you've strayed from that inner voice inside, that not to be ashamed, um, not to close down and stop talking to people and feel ashamed like you can't ever get help with it or that you can't ever be understood again or that God doesn't ever really accept you once you've offended him or her, but um, him, offended him, but um, because I experienced that, I could have been helped had I just reached out, had I not felt the shame, which is partially cultural um, since I'm African-American. The shame of being, of not fitting in, of being less than, of making mistakes that no one else makes mistakes and being too stupid or being too um, poor. Um, It's something that's not true, that God loves us and God accepts us and God has our back. And um, people care if you have, if you take the time to care also, and if you have the right manner of expression, um, you can't be too hostile either or um, too cold. As we all know, you know, it takes work and effort. You have to make deposits in order to get return. So you have to care about the, those closest to you. You can't uh, ever disengage as much as I disengaged when I was younger or during that time period. You know what I mean? You have to stay in the flow. So, um, while I was in Montana, I saw a number of celebrities, and this is just to give you an, give you a little background about my frame of mind. I'm interested in entertainment. I'm running into celebrities. I saw Dana Carvey, who was a, who was an actor on Saturday Night Live. I saw him outside of the coffee shop. And then I saw um, Ray Suarez, who was on, who was a PBS anchor for a number of years. I saw him at a hotel. Then I saw Ricky Schroeder, who was one of my number one heartthrob men as a teenager. Um, And so, but I'm missing all of these people because I had disengaged and I wasn't staying up on my health and I wasn't getting in something that's outside of myself to pull myself out of my depression. And um, President Obama, who was Um, Senator Obama at the time and Hillary Clinton were in a um, a discussion in Butte, Montana when I lived there, but I couldn't make it for whatever reason. Um, So I helped, um, I went and knocked on doors and asked people to vote for President Obama back then. And um, I wrote a letter to Tiger Woods, back to the Tigers, because he's so he's so high in our achievement and he's so number one and champion and um, at golf and what he does to help the community and young people. So I wrote a letter to him and um, I flubbed my lines a little bit. Um, I might've expressed some things that weren't really true of my character at the time. And so I, I wanted to apologize to my um, my family and friends, and also to him, Mr. Woods. Um, if there was anything negative or, um, you know, outside of my character, outside of what we all generally understand as it relates to him, because um, I respect him, I'm a fan, and I know my family. It would hurt them deeply if if um, they were thought of being. Bigots or against um, against our leaders, anything of that nature. Um, against our leaders, against people who do well in the community, do well for the community. So I returned to Virginia in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and that's when I worked at McDonald's. I had to work at McDonald's for four years because they weren't hiring me in Montana and before that. And that's why I had written all those letters. Um, They weren't, they just wouldn't hire me. I worked part-time as a substitute teacher. That was the best I could do. And um, um, they had filming, Steven Spielberg was filming Lincoln in Virginia. And I was just in total awe. I couldn't believe it. I mean, just awe, probably at, the election of um, Barack Obama to president too. I mean, just awe, just awe, like, wow, you know, what do you do, what do you say? So they had filming in Virginia, they had lots of filming. They had Lincoln, they had um, Turn American Spies. They had um, Saving Mr. Banks, I think was in Virginia Beach. They had um, Mercy Street on PBS. They also had Homeland in Hopewell. While I lived in the city of Hopewell, they were filming Homeland in Hopewell. And um, they also had Ithaca, which was filmed in 2014 in Petersburg, Virginia with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And I went to a few of those auditions because I was interested. And um, I didn't receive any callbacks, but I didn't receive um, I didn't receive any callbacks and I'm, that's still a mystery to me um, because I lived right there and they were filming right there. And so um, that's still a mystery to me. I don't know if I offended, you know, someone in a position that's greater than my, than me, you know, someone in power. I don't know what happened really. Um, I know that my character, I was a little bit out of character for a while and um, that man wrote a lot of letters. I wrote a lot of letters to people. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But anyway, life is good. Um, I wanted to remind women and girls also to listen to your inner voice. I mean, I know life is hard and everything, but um, there's so many times when I knew better and I don't know if it's laziness or My faith wasn't strong enough, but listen to your inner voice and um, really follow those things that are important to you, which we all are talking about now with purpose, finding purpose and power and, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, you brought up some, some really good, good points and, you know, I was reading, uh, I belong to a few, um, working mom, uh, Facebook groups and, you know, a lot of times we get um, these these post questions um, from those in supervisory or leadership positions, and they always say, like, hey, I I think I made a wrong, you know, decision. I think I made a mistake, or I said something that I really didn't mean to say. What do you do? You know, and, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I'm taking from what you're saying is... One, don't be ashamed for what you did or didn't do. But two, always look at it as a lesson that is learned. You know, yes, this happened, um, but now how can we move forward and be better? Be better than we were before. You know, and I think that's the the whole senses of becoming, becoming that woman of strength and beauty is that. Things happened, but that doesn't mean that's the end. That doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have a future that, you know, we don't, we're not going to have future success. That means that we take what we learned and do things differently, you know, Um, and you also mentioned um, that you could have had helped, but you didn't ask for it. And I think that's one of the lessons learned as well is that, you know, as we're on this journey of becoming, if we notice that we're out of character, if we notice that we're not doing things that we used to do, or we're not thinking the way that, um, we think we should be thinking, go check in with somebody, you know, whether that's, you know, a close friend, whether that's a therapist, um, it's somebody, (laughs) you know, um, so I think those are some very viable things that we can take from, from your lesson, your experience, that it's important for us to have that support, you know, whether it be in therapy or whatever else, but have that support and don't be ashamed to go look for that support, you know, um, because it is true in our culture, I think it's in in a lot of cultures because I know it's in, you know, a lot of uh, Hispanic culture. I know it's in, in, in the black culture. I, I it's in a lot of cultures. It's in church. You don't need to go talk to nobody. You know, the problems that you have at home, you leave at home. You don't tell nobody what's happening at home, you know? Um, But that's a problem culturally with, within just here in America, we have issues with that, but we would be so much better, that's not correct in English. We would be better off <laughs> if we went to go talk to somebody. If we said, hey, I made this mistake and I feel really bad about it, but can you help me take the steps, do the process, take the action to overcome this and be a better person at the end, you know? Um, and I think that's so important to, to take out from what you said.
1: Thank you, Latika. Yes. I also totally. Yes. I, um, I, uh, I agree. I also was going to say not to keep things secret, not Hmm. to keep things too secret because you don't really know what's going on. Um, we assume things, you know, well, Yeah. I made assumptions. Well, I'm from Generation X. Everyone understands blank so and so or such and such, you know, just from assumption, I would say that. And um you never really know what's going on if you keep things too secret. And we you know, lift every voice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, That's really good. Yeah. Um it helps for people to understand and to want to connect. I some a Hispanic person told me this, but to find things to agree upon instead of always being on the defense. You know, when we just can't understand each other. Um, to take that extra step and to find ways that we can connect and things that we can agree upon. I'm sure it's in other cultures also. I was just giving. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, and then it's, also, and then it also,
1: is. Yeah, yes, yes. So I'm so happy. I'm so grateful, actually, to you for giving me this voice. Um, it's a part of my nature to talk all the time, which isn't really in my family. They don't talk. That almost mm. offensive to them that I like to talk so much. So I have to go outside of mm-hmm. that. That would be my family when I, the family I grew up in. we have all since, they've all since gotten married and had their own families by now. But Mm -hmm. um, they don't talk about it. And I like to talk about stuff. Yes. And and I'm learning. I'm still learning. I'm a baby (laughs) compared to a lot of other people. So, (laughs) you
0: know, and you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, being a Gen X. So I am a millennial. Um, and you know, those that listen to, uh, this podcast, we are of various generations and, you know, it's so funny because, um, a lot of the things that you mentioned about what was going on in the eighties and nineties, I remember, I, I vivid, like, when I tell you, I vividly remember the Oklahoma city bombing. I remember that like it happened yesterday. I vividly remember watching OJ Simpson and him going down the highway and his white Bronco and the police chasing him. It was all over the news. I remember that. Um, You know, of course I remember, you know, 9-11. You know, I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure how, how detail you knew or how much detail you knew about the DC sniper. But I lived that. I I lived it, you know, and then 9-11 happens. I mean, it, so there was so much going on in in the 80s and 90s. Not saying that there weren't things going on. And, you know, before then, in, in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, there was a lot going on. Um, but I remember vividly, I remember... In ninety-one when, when Bush came over, the first Bush. Um, you know. Do you
1: remember from <sighs> newscasts?
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Like okay. I remember just watching, you know, being in front of, you know, back in the day where you had the the big TVs that sat on the floor.
1: Yes.
0: You know, and just sitting there watching the TV on the floor and watching Carter, you know, when when Carter was the president, watching Bush, when he came in, uh, watching when Clinton came in and, and, and just seeing all the stuff that occurred between Bush and Clinton and then Bush. And like, I remember all of that. And, um, you know, so we've, we've gone through a lot, you know, we've gone through a lot in, in, in our time. And I'm sure that the, the baby boomers said they've gone through a lot too, (laughs) <laughs> you know, because they did, um, but with each generation, you know, like you said, has its struggles. Yes, it has its struggles. You know, with the the brain fried on drugs. I remember those commercials. Me too. You know,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: um, but it's so amazing how, you know, that was that was what we saw. But imagine what our children are seeing now.
1: It's scary. Some of it's scary. Yeah.
0: yeah. It it is really, really scary. But it's, you know, it's also encouraging that we can talk about it. You know, we can talk about it. And it's just like what you you said, you know, in order to connect with people, sometimes you got to find the things that you agree upon. And sometimes you got to find the things that you guys experience life together, even though you might have been in separate places, you still experienced whatever that was, you know, um, because we all were affected by Oklahoma city bombing.
1: Yes, You know, he exploded that whole building with all of those people in
0: it. With all those children at the bottom. And do you know, from this day, I will never, ever, ever send my kids to a building like that. So
1: federal, never, Yeah.
0: never. If they were in daycare, they were always like in a home daycare or in a building that was one floor. Yes. Yes. And that's because of my experience with Oklahoma city bombing. And I was nowhere near Oklahoma. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, nowhere near Oklahoma. Never even heard of Oklahoma before then. But okay. my experience and what I saw and to see those, you know, see that building crumble down like that. That's a vivid memory of mine, but that's an experience that I can share with someone else that, you know, lived in that era and we can connect on that level. And I think it's, it's so great that you bring up that we have to connect with others. We have to make sure that, you know, we, we talk to people, we have those connections that we have that support because we can't do life alone. Um, yeah. we, we can't do life alone
1: you think about um, it in a bigger that's so true if you think about mm-hmm. it in a bigger way also about society and about keeping things healthy that's, mm-hmm. a, that's absolutely, a, that's
0: absolutely. A, that's so before before we leave i want to leave with these scriptures these three scriptures um romans chapter 8 verse 37 and it says you are more than a conqueror through Jesus, who loves you. Ephesians chapter one, verses five through six, and I'm just paraphrasing, you are accepted unconditionally. And then Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, again, paraphrasing, you are an overcomer by the blood of Jesus and through the word of your testimony. So, I want to encourage you spirit. I want to encourage everyone who is listening to this podcast. What was that last
1: one you were It's
0: you... Revelation chapter 12 verse 11.
1: Okay.
0: And I just want to encourage that as we're in this season of becoming, remember again, we can't do life alone. To have that to to go through the process of having that inner strength and beauty. We have to understand, we have to understand the promises that God gives us, that we're more than a conqueror, that God gives us what we need. He gave us his only son, his only son. And if he gave us his only son who ransomed his life for us, then we're more than a conqueror through yes, Jesus. Through Jesus, We're more than a conqueror and we are accepted. We were accepted way before our parents even thought of us. We mm-hmm. were accepted way before. So if we were accepted unconditionally, regardless of what we've gone through in our past, regardless of what experience, good or bad, that has occurred to us, God accepts us for who we are today unconditionally, unconditionally. So as we go through this journey of becoming who he designed us to be, we have to understand that we are already accepted. We don't have to worry about the what-ifs, the would-ifs, the should haves. We don't have to worry about that because we can focus on his promise And his promise alone, we can stand on. So I just want to encourage you and I want to encourage everybody, you know, to use these scriptures that I just quoted, but also find scriptures that can really help you, support you, and then that you can stand on that will help you carry on in the season of becoming. So thank you so much, Spirit, for being here and for sharing your story, sharing yourself, being vulnerable, because I know that's a lot, to be vulnerable. So thank you. Um, But helping us to see that, yes, we may have done things in the past that we may not be proud of. But one, we don't have to be ashamed of it. And two, we are accepted through God we're accepted. So we don't have to worry about anything else. We lean on his promises. We overcome and we become greater. We become bigger. We become stronger, more courageous than we were before. So thank you, Spirit, for sharing that with us. Thank
1: you, Latika. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of the Latiga Vine Show. Don't forget to join us next week for another great episode in the season of Becoming. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much for joining today's show. It is my hope that you gained at least one tangible tip to help you balance life and grow in your career. I get it. Trust me, being a working mom has its hard moments, but it is possible for you to lead and grow your career and balance life. And in this show, we will continue to talk about it. But before you go, don't forget to check out the show notes for all the highlights, links, and anything else that was mentioned during today's show, because those tips are going to help you make sure that you can balance life and lead and grow your career. Well, until next time, stay well, remember that you are enough and that God has you
1: covered. See you next time.